Hello and welcome to Canada and Sound of Play 80. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the mini video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 80 is Leah Haydu. Hello, Mr. Sunshine. And today we are going to be listening through the music of the Katamari Damacy series. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll right on into it.
That first track that we heard was a very famous piece that is the main theme that is called Katamari on the Rocks. It's composed by Yu Miyake and Keita Takahashi. And we should just talk a little bit about the music of the entire series because I think that song is a good indication of where things are going in、oh, a way. Yeah, definitely. You, you hear this one come back a lot in the future、mm, in,、right. in various iterations. So it's,、uh, it's, it's good that it. Kind of encapsulates what's going on so very well because you hear a lot of it. One of the things that sets the Katamari series apart from a lot of other video game series is that it has a very distinctive musical identity, but that's not tied to necessarily one composer.、Um, a lot of the music is composed、um, by a kind of rotating stable of people who come back throughout the series, the most notable of which being. Yu Miyake, who was the,、uh, the audio director for the entire series. But he was very intentional about drawing in a lot of eclectic talent and a lot of different musicians, and、um, oftentimes composing songs in entirely different genres of music. And so, in a way, it doesn't feel like a cohesive soundtrack in the same way that. 
uh, like Koji Kondo's Super Mario Bros. score or Grand Kirkhope's Banjo-Kazooie score all have a very distinctive sound. It, it instead kind of feels like somebody made a mixtape to go with uh, <laughs> to go with this and it was very intentional about choosing different types of songs that kind of invoked a similar spirit without being tonally linked in the same way that a lot of other game series are. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because it, it, it doesn't, they all feel like they belong here, but if you put mm-hmm. them all side by side by side, then you never really notice that, you know, oh, they all sound exactly like this composer wrote them because this composer didn't write all of them. You know, it, it's, it all, it's kind of a takeoff on a theme, which is what the various games in the Katamari series often are, uh, particularly once you get later on into the series and they start remaking some of the same levels uh, with twists. But even so, mm-hmm. you're you're doing the same activity, but you're in a ton of different locations. You're in um, a lot of different situations uh, just as to what you're being asked to do. But it's all, I mean, the core mechanic is you are rolling a ball around. That's that's kind of all there is if you wanted to really simplify it. But they do so much different work with that that I think the way that they do the music, it's, it's very much a parallel to that. Right. The entire series, well, I should say the first two games in the series are composed by Keita Takahashi. Uh, he's kind of the brains behind Katamari. And he went on later to do Nobi Nobi Boy, uh, which features a similarly very diverse soundtrack that's just mm-hmm. kind of um, assembled rather than uh, rather than written to form a cohesive individual soundtrack. It has all sorts of different instruments and styles and genres. Um, Takahashi went on to uh, direct Glitch, Tenya Wanya Teens, Alphabet, and Wadam, uh, which he's working on right now. And then Yu Miyake, who we mentioned before, is going to be the uh, kind of person in charge of directing the musical experience of the Katamari series for most of the games. I believe all of the ones in the main series except Beautiful Katamari. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be one other later on that he's not uh, kind of the lead brains behind. But um, for the most part, he's going to be a name that either pops up a lot or is directly responsible for kind of gathering everybody together to contribute to this soundtrack. He's the one herding all the cats. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, so what we've heard already is a very, well, I'll say a, a very Japanese sounding track. <laughs> yes. Uh, this definitely draws heavily from the Shibuya K genre of music, which is a form of um, kind of eclectic uh, pop music in, uh, in Japan that draws from a whole bunch of musical influences from the um, types of Japanese music that was being produced in the 1960s especially and a lot of international music like hip-hop and soul and jazz funk lounge uh, you'll and you'll hear a lot of each of those things throughout the Katamari series and we'll be uh, highlighting especially a lot of the ways in which these other genres come to influence the series but it's worth saying that the uh, Shibuya K movement uh, I think went on to heavily inspire the direction of Katamari Damacy. And one of the things in particular that Shibuya K music does really well, and to kind of broaden it a bit, uh, something that J-pop does incredibly well, which you have heard in that first track there, mm-hmm. is a really excellent kind of dynamic mixing between the two stereo channels. Uh, you'll hear things kind of drop out of one ear and into another and kind of warp between the two of them. Uh, I love especially those kind of opening notes of that first song there, mm-hmm. uh, where it just kind of is this weird electronic noise that just kind of 
playfully wisps in and out of the different uh, stereo channels. And um, it, it does really set the tone for the uh, highly kind of experimental, very artificial type of music that they're going to be making. Yeah. But it's uh, very energetic as well. Always keeps you guessing. That that is something that uh, I'm glad you said energetic because that is uh, that is definitely something that I I think of as one of the factors that kind of spans all of the music that uh, that appears throughout these games, even the ones that are a little more low key. I always mm -hmm. find myself kind of you know tapping my foot along. I, I was listening to a lot of this uh, while I was at work this week, and it was just kind of. I, I'm not generally one to kind of be bopping along to a soundtrack, but I was I was really kind of into it at my uh, at my desk at work. So um, if you had sat me down and I, I've said something similar about the uh, the Persona soundtracks, which share a lot of things uh, with with this here in particular, if you had sat me down and told me about the individual elements that were in these types of songs, I don't know that I would have identified that as something that I would really enjoy. Um, I might think, oh, that's goofy, you know, uh, this silly game with these silly songs. But it's it's something that I genuinely enjoy because it's happy music. You know, it's not mm -hmm. it's not anything that is uh, really moody and it, it manages to be complex in a lot of ways without being heavy. It's still kind of, for the most part, light and uh, something that's just straight enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's become kind of iconic, that tune, in a mm -hmm. way that uh, video game music, even of that era, had kind of moved past. It wasn't as tune-driven as mm -hmm. it was back in the kind of older NES days and the old computer days yeah. and everything. Um, so it's a, a real triumph of a soundtrack, and we're going to be tracking that journey as the series goes on. Um, but uh, like we mentioned before, there's going to be quite a bit of um, eclectic genre influences on this soundtrack. And so, uh, Leah, if you'd want to introduce our next track, which has a little bit of a lounge influence, oddly yeah, enough. Yeah, so uh, this is another track from the uh, the first game in the series uh, that I believe comes back a couple of places later uh, as remixes and whatnot, uh, and it is called Que Sera Sera. Um, the composers associated with it are uh, Asuka Sakai, Natsuki Isake, and this one also has... Um, male vocals. Um, there are a lot of vocals in the uh, the games in the series, which again is not something that you mm -hmm. hear particularly frequently uh, in, in many modern games. A lot of it is, uh, if it's not solely instrumental, then it's more of an operatic voice oftentimes. And right. here you you will often hear um, either a, a lone male vocalist or a lone female vocalist. In some cases, you'll get more, uh, in some notable cases, as a matter of fact, you will get um, kind of a chorus. But um, here, it very much draws to mind, uh, as you were saying, uh, kind of a, a lounge style. You might hear something like this with... Um, the, the king of all cosmos deciding to take up a lounge career and, um, you know, wandering around a nightclub, stopping at tables and singing to the uh, the princes and princesses sitting there. Um, so uh, I, I really I really like this song. It's a, it is a little bit silly, uh, but it's it's interesting how they uh, they they draw in that vocal style. And this is one of the earlier uh, instances The the vocals um, are by Charlie Cosset. It's a fun song uh, that I think, again, fits, fits supremely well with, uh, with the style of the games. One of the things that Yumiaki set out to do was to populate the soundtrack, especially in the uh, vocal bits, by uh, voices that Japanese audiences will be familiar with, mm -hmm. voices that were either 
you know, popular singers or our voices in um, anime series or something, uh, but people who have kind of fallen out of the spotlight for a few years. Mm. And so you get that sense of familiarity without it necessarily feeling like you're trying to just like hang on to a current trend mm -hmm. uh, because you wanted something that felt uh, that felt relatable, but wouldn't feel dated in a number of years to come. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Charlie Cosset definitely kind of hits that mark. And what we're going to hear now is called Que Sera Sera from uh, the first Katamari Damacy game.
This next song, we're already moving into the uh, second game in the series, and that's not to skip over the majority of the first game soundtrack. Uh, in fact, we had to do that kind of intentionally because kind of the natural tendency since the first game soundtrack is so good and has become so familiar over the years, uh, it's kind of almost natural to populate the entire playlist with just songs from that game. And I'd say that's one of the weaknesses of the um, of the musical direction of the entire series is that it does kind of lean towards deifying that first soundtrack yeah. a little bit too much, even though there is still a great amount of invention and new material being put forward in each of the soundtracks. Uh, the number of remixes of songs from the first soundtrack and uh, especially the number of times that the main Katamari Damacy theme is played in the background of music going forward. It, it kind of, it feels, although the, that soundtrack is really good and it makes me happy to hear the songs again, it does kind of feel almost dismissive of the rest of the series musical work. Mm. And so we want to kind of counterbalance that in a way by um, highlighting a lot of the stuff that uh, flies under the radar for a lot of the Katamari Damacy series. And, um, and so we're, we're going to be hopping straight over to We Love Katamari or We Heart Katamari or however you want to <laughs> say that, uh, which is also uh, musically directed by Yumiaki, who in this one wanted to do something that was kind of even bigger, better, grander, broader in its uh, soundscape than the first game. Uh, he says that he was a little disappointed by the way that it came out, even though it the soundtrack, I believe, reviewed just about as well as the first one did, and, and people mm-hmm. still seem to treasure it. 
I think he had grander ideas that he wasn't able to fully capitalize on. Yeah. Uh, he said that he wanted to give it more of an international flavor, although he was kind of held back by um, the fact that he just didn't really know anybody outside of Japan. <laughs> and uh, he said that he wasn't a very good negotiator. And so he couldn't really rope in those international performers that he wanted to, who wanted so much. Uh, he apparently ran into budget limitations that kept him from fully kind of realizing his dream. But even if he wasn't fully satisfied with what he did, I still think that this, uh, this soundtrack is quite an accomplishment. And we're going to hear that with a couple of uh, very, very different songs here that um, play into, again, the musical diversity of the Katamari series. Yeah, so I, I think that actually these, these songs go together really well um, and, and pair, uh, pair nicely. Um, the one uh, that we're going to listen to first is called Houston. And uh, it actually, I believe, takes place in the game when you're, uh, you're rolling up around, uh, around Houston, you know, uh, leaning towards a, a space launch. That's part of the game in We Love Katamari <laughs> is getting up into space. Um, and it, it, it kind of uh, feels, it feels a little bit electronic, but it also kind of feels adventurous to me like you like you're setting out somewhere and uh, and i think that fits really well if you consider that you know you're you are trying to get to a bigger better place and as you say since this was intended to be kind of a bigger soundtrack that's interesting too because it it fills in that uh, that particular desire by the composers in this case the the actual song uh was not written by yumiaki it was written by uh, hideki tobeda it feels right that this kind of has that scope to it. Uh, this does feel like a bigger, it's still cheerful, but it feels like more of a, definitely not a traditional soundtrack song. It's still not that, but um, right. it's quirky, but less so than perhaps some of the tracks from the first game tended to be. Uh, the vocals are very soft. Uh, mm -hmm. The instrumentals play into a really interesting kind of mix of kind of light, smooth, almost elevator jazz yeah. and some nice kind of salsa uh, beats in the background. The kind of way that it's paced and the percussion plays is, is kind of reminiscent of the salsa genre, which you'll mm -hmm. hear coming back a few times in the Katamari series. And so there is a lot going on. It, it plays very fast and loose with its genres like the entire series does. It sort of makes me feel like vacation music and i think that might be the, how the guitar yeah. starts off um <laughs> like you know oh this is going to the beach music like it, it's something that you might hear in that kind of uh in that kind of scene in a uh hmm. in an anime type video game yeah so this is houston by hideki tobeda from we love katamari <laughs>
right, this next track is something that is uh, almost entirely opposite of what we've heard. Um, it's also kind of uh, soothing, quiet, understated, but it plays a very different kind of dramatic emotional chord. A lot of it is very kind of heavily electronic. You get a very kind of heavily computerized voice uh, in the way that it's cut, especially the way that it kind of cuts between the two stereo channels. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some very natural sounding plucked strings, uh, which contrasts really beautifully against the kind of predominant musical undertone of the entire song, which is this really heavy, kind of creepy 80s synth droning notes in the background. Uh, it kind of feels like a little Twin Peaksy or <laughs> uh, something that you would hear in like Drive or something like that. But this is these really lovely synths um, that, that creates a kind of almost unnerving feeling to it uh, but this is the song I, I should mention it's called blue orb and it's composed by kahimi kari and tomoki kanda i think that it almost feels like a song that a computer would write in parts uh overlaid <laughs> yeah. by that that same type of song only composed by an actual person so it, it's kind of the meeting between those and mm. i i mentioned that i think that this pairs really well with with houston from before and you are absolutely correct in saying that they are different styles of songs but i mm-hmm. think that that's kind of why they pair so well is because they're different takes mm. on the same feeling almost like they're they're both a little more laid back they're both um a little more um light but whereas houston is a more melodic take um that almost sounds like a normal quote unquote normal tune um yeah (laughs) Uh relatively Uh, blue orb is kind of almost a melodic particularly in the beginning it just there's there's bleeps and bloops and they're they're it's like something starting up and which in fact it is at that point so i i think that um having that kind of quiet laid back feeling described by these two tracks in such different ways uh, is fascinating uh, considering that they both do come from the same game I love this song as just kind of a soundscape that just mm-hmm. envelops you completely it's uh, it really fills out the treble notes and the very deep bassy notes as well and just kind of surrounds you with this music so go ahead and turn it up as we listen to Blue Orb from We Love Katamari good one to listen to with headphones. Mm, yes. Spin. 
Alright, we are on to the next Katamari game. This is Me and My Katamari uh, from the PSP. You'll notice that uh, we don't feature very many songs from each of the games, uh, not as many as we would like to anyways. We'd love to give a more diverse sampling of every soundtrack, but uh, this could have we been discovered a very pretty long quickly show, yeah. when right, putting these tracks together that each song is about five minutes long. So uh, we're kind of running against the time limit here. Uh, but anyways, let's listen to what the PSP could put out. This is called Shine, Mr. Sunshine. This is composed by Yumiaki again, uh, Yoshihito Yano, Naoki Toyama, and has vocals by Shigeru Matsuzaki, who has contributed vocals in the past, uh, most notably to We Love Katamari, did a very memorable uh, vocal piece on that one, which we've actually heard on Sound of Play before. And this particular track is a, a really interesting one. I mean, we keep talking about the diversity of the soundtrack, and maybe we are kind of cherry-picking the ones that stand out and deviate from the norm the most, but, uh, man, I would not have expected the series to go in this musical direction. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, it starts off kind of swingy, almost a little misleading as to where it ends up going, but it settles in pretty quickly into a gospel piece which is interesting with a, like a full-on gospel choir mm-hmm. behind uh, Matsuzaki's really powerful vocals. And I, I haven't played the PSP entry myself, but I believe this is the same soundtrack that had another track called Jesus Island on it. And so I wonder if there's some sort of like religious undertone. I, the, the Katamari series has always played kind of fast and loose with religious icons and stuff, and in particular in uh, kind of Buddhist and uh, more kind of uh, Shinto types of belief systems. But um, yeah, to be hitting a, a very, very Western, very American gospel type mm-hmm. sound is, is really interesting. Yeah, I, I don't I don't recall much of the the soundtrack for or, or much of the uh, storyline rather for the uh, the PSP one. I, I just remember that I didn't particularly care for the PSP one control wise. Um, so I, I haven't played it as much as I have the other ones. But speaking of uh, kind of religious themes in these, I, I mean, you are literally building a universe uh in in most of these games and you know you're speaking to your father who lives up in the clouds and is co-creator mm-hmm. of this universe with you so <laughs> i, I mean fair. you could definitely argue that there's some of that in there uh, even if it's not explicit there there are those themes but uh yeah jesus island I, I do remember that track as well um this one's maybe a little bit more blatant about it and i don't necessarily mean to associate gospel music with religion even though that's where it comes from there's nothing intrinsic about the way that the music is composed that um that necessarily invokes religion but definitely like you you hear it's an association that's understandable southern churches and i think anytime that somebody composes in a gospel style they are definitely trying to kind of invoke everything that is uh surrounding Mm -hmm. that style of music and i think even the uh, the background vocalists, as um, as he's singing, they they sing like "Holy Rolly," which is <laughs> kind of cute and funny as well. And it's just like they are singing about <laughs> about Katamari Damacy, and it's like all these lyrics are written for the game, and so it, it comes off as very uh, very kind of silly. But I I love it. It's a uh, very, very strong, powerful track backed by some very strong, powerful vocals. And mm-hmm. I hope that you will find it just as silly as I do. This is Shine Mr. Sunshine from Me and My Katamari. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. We are just blazing through this series. I guess you have to when each song is five <laughs> to six minutes long. And there are a but, lot of uh, games uh, in the series, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're not even going to be able to hit all of the games in the series. It's a bunch of uh, there's a, at least a couple of uh, mobile spinoffs and dropping block puzzle game that we're not going to be able to get to. Not because we don't want to play any of the music from those soundtracks, just because we have to be somewhat selective. I think I can make a blanket statement and say that if you enjoy these, the soundtracks are available. They're out there and you can mm-hmm. find them and they're really good. <laughs> right. Yes, we would go. Ahead, we would recommend uh, seeking down the actual soundtracks. These are meant to more whet your appetite than satisfy and give you a uh, comprehensive knowledge of the Katamari musical <laughs> legacy. Uh, with that said, it was kind of interesting to see Katamari, a very, very Japanese game, move to a very, very Japanese unfriendly console with a beautiful Katamari. Do you want to take us through that one? Sure. So, yeah, um, it, it was a fairly long time between the uh, the last Katamari on the uh, on the PS2 and the ones that came out, uh, one on the PlayStation 3 uh, and this one, uh, Kat- Beautiful Katamari, which came out on the Xbox 360 and was exclusive to the Xbox 360, is still exclusive to the Xbox 360, uh, as I found a-, a bit to my dismay this week when I investigated the possibility of playing them on uh, on these current generation consoles, which is not currently a, uh, a possibility. But um, I uh, I enjoyed Beautiful Katamari a lot. It is um, one of the rarer titles, as I understand it currently. Mm. It's not particularly easy to come by. I do still own a copy. Um, but it, whereas the PS3 version was more focused on bringing back some of the older uh, situations and some of the older levels, uh, this game had more unique levels and uh, consequently it had more unique music. And uh, one of the tracks that was uh, brand new for this version that I really, really enjoy uh, is called Katamari Dancing. And it is, as the name suggests, basically a dance tune. Uh, and it, it it's not quite club music, but it is it is definitely something that that um, you could see a dance party taking place too with again you know the prince and uh, all of his cousins uh, kind of grooving with uh, with colored lights flashing above them and everybody out on the floor um, that but yeah it it to me this really does feel like dance music and I'm not much of a dancer mm. myself but uh, that that's kind of what it evokes in me. This track in particular is really interesting. This is the title theme to the uh, to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that you would hear over the uh, opening video, I assume. Um, but this is interesting because you can really feel Yu Miyaki's absence from this one. Mm. Um, he wasn't the musical director of this particular game. And the the style of music feels, when it's not an outright remix of something that had been on a previous Katamari Damacy soundtrack, it feels almost like somebody else doing an imitation of a Katamari soundtrack. Mm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just doesn't have the same feel as the previous ones do. Uh, you can hear this one is very, um, very crisply composed, very... Uh, it, it, it hits hard like like modern music does and it really kind of fills out the stereo space with really kind of big hard blasting notes 
it, it almost whereas, feels more Western, uh, which right, right. yeah, which makes sense given the console that it's on. Um, but yeah, it it you're right. I think that it uh, it it doesn't quite match up in the same way with some of the others. Well, Miyake obviously drew a lot from the Shibuya K type of music, which, mm-hmm. as we said before, kind of harkens back to a lot of the kind of 1960s kitsch type culture. Oftentimes when they were composing in that style, they would emulate a lot of the the sound of the recordings that you would get from the 1960s and from mm-hmm. a lot of the kind of inception of each of the genres that they were drawing from. And so you would get songs that are perhaps artificially aged in a way mm. or songs that that feel like they are being recorded on older equipment or something. And so you can kind of hear enough hints of that throughout the uh, earlier games in the series, even though everything is uh, pretty firmly electronic. And even mm-hmm. when they are using more acoustic instruments, um, things tend to be heavily filtered. And um, and again, like the dynamics of the stereoscope are kind of all over the place. Yeah. But, um, but this song feels a little bit more kind of like, Yes, this was made in 2007 for sure. <laughs> also, if you um, if you can find a video uh, of this song with the actual uh, opening movie behind <laughs> it, that's that's something to see as well. <laughs> yeah, the opening movies to any Katamari game are generally <laughs> pretty yeah, delightful. They die absolutely. <laughs> well, anyways, this is Katamari Dancing by Kimio Yudate, Yuji Masubuchi, and with vocals by Takashi Utsunomoya. <laughs>
This next track is another one from Beautiful Katamari. Leah, do you want to take us into Guru Guru Gravity? Yeah, so uh, this song actually um, does have a, a similar feel to uh, to the one that we just listened to, to Katamari Dancing. Uh, particularly in the beginning, you'll notice when it comes in that a lot of the notes and a lot of the themes uh, kind of seem to blend a little bit. Where I think that it breaks out of that is when you start to hear, hear some of the vocals, uh, mm-hmm, which yeah. to me, those kind of tie into and draw uh draw some comparisons to particularly the first katamari game i think it uh it it syncs up for me really well when that starts to come in um and the vocals uh, i i'm not sure if this vocalist uh nori uh, nori horikoshi uh i'm not sure if she has done any other vocals for the series um but i i want to say that her voice sounds familiar so uh it's mm. it's a good possibility uh but i i enjoy that um this is kind of a riff on different things, but it somehow kind of manages to come together and be its own. The one piece, I really like the way that the, and I don't even really know how to describe it, whatever that kind of electronic lead instrument is mm-hmm. that plays the kind of counter notes during the chorus, especially. Yeah. Uh, it gets very playful during the chorus, and I really like the way that it does um, uh, almost kind of like a call and response with the singers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sets a, a fun little tune there. Um, but the, the one thing that kind of bugs me about, <laughs> about this song, and I can't unhear it once I've heard it is that the, uh, the main riff that you hear repeated over and over throughout the song, and especially at the beginning, uh, reminds me so much of my Sharona that oh, it's gosh. hard to not think of my <laughs> Sharona when I hear this. So maybe I should have said that afterwards and not maybe. before people oh. are going to listen to it. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this is Guru Guru Gravity. <laughs> That is not as easy to say as you would think it would be (laughs) from (laughs) Beautiful Katamari from 2007. 
This next track, we're moving on to Katamari Forever for the PlayStation 3, which was the first one that I've ever owned. Uh, this is a tremendous game. It's it's kind of like a greatest hits collection mm-hmm. in a way. And so if you have to start anywhere, it's not a bad place to start at all. It's very polished. Uh, not The series has changed a tremendous amount in its years, but um, it, it's kind of, it's probably the best of them all if you have to put them all side by side and judge them by equal criteria there's a lot of content um there's some nice kind of graphical filters that it applies to the levels Mm -hmm. and um generally it's just a very fun very katamari experience (laughs) and it's funny because i remember when i was hearing about this coming out that i was actually kind of upset because i thought that uh that when it was announced they they had kind of put it out there as it's going to be basically a greatest hits collection and it's just kind of kind of be a collection of old things. It's not going to be anything new. And I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking, well, nothing's super, super new in this series, but um, I was just thinking, oh, well, they're just going to, you know, I've already got all this. But the way that they do it, they put enough new content in there and they put enough twists on these uh, on these right, levels, yeah. many of which are pretty much just directly the levels from uh, some of the other games, but they put enough of a twist on it and they put enough new things there that they're still a lot of fun to play and uh, and as you say very polished this game in particular has a lot of remixes that i like which again fits with that theme because they're they're remixing the levels and they do a lot of remixes uh with the music as well which we'll, we'll run into here in a little bit but uh some of the original music also fits extremely well uh like the track uh that that is coming up here yeah this is called green village by hideki tobeda and akitaka tohoyama And uh, what I wanted to do in particular was highlight at least one track, which isn't one of the kind of course themes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They aren't like licensed music because they were originally composed for these games, but they do kind of fill the same spot that like 
the licensed music from a Tony Hawk game would play as they, they are, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the, the background music in that way. And they, whereas uh, this song is something that would pop up in the menus as you are uh, kind of choosing your level or, or choosing which character you want to play as or whatever. And um, I, I think that it also sets kind of an interesting tone. It's very electronic. It uses a very wide array of instruments with very different sounds and it, definitely fits the Katamari mood just as well as a lot of the big kind of bombastic vocal performances do. So we didn't want to go throughout the entire thing without playing some more, uh, I guess, incidental music. Something that always kind of strikes me about this piece is that in in places, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, I expect that it is, uh, but in some places it sounds to me almost like it's playing in reverse. Hmm. It it just some of the notes that like the 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 way that they yeah the way that they sound uh, and I'm I'm not describing that perhaps as well as I could be but I I think you'll you'll see what I uh, see what I mean when um when this plays and it just the the way that the note starts uh, as opposed to the way that it ends it just something doesn't sound quite right about it and it's not in an unsettling way it's just mm-hmm. in an odd way which. Again, really fits uh, fits the series. So I, I don't I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. It's just something that kind of sticks out to me about this piece. Utilizing old instruments in new ways is mm-hmm. something that the series has always been very good at. Uh, so we're going to hear Green Village from Katamari Forever for the PlayStation Three. This next track is a remix of one of the songs from the first game. As we mentioned, those are littered all throughout the entire series. And 
and so, of course, a game that is essentially a greatest hits collection has a soundtrack that's also kind of a greatest hits collection of remixes from across the series. Uh, this particular one and a lot of the songs from the Katamari series actually is known by a couple of different names. This one was originally released in uh, Japan, and depending on where you get the soundtrack from, you might have a direct translation of the Japanese name, which is a crimson rose and a gin tonic. Or you might have the name that they changed it to when they released the soundtrack in the Americas, which is Gin and Tonic and Red Red Roses. And this in particular is the YMCK 8-bit mix by Asuka Sakai and YMCK. And uh, this particular track is a, uh, like I said, a remix of one of the earlier tracks. It underlays it with a pretty straightforward kind of 8-bit sound, but it's I think it does a really great job of kind of accentuating what made the original track so much fun, mm-hmm. um, especially to sing along with. Uh, there's a very particular, something that happens during the chorus, the singer does a little ba ba ba, and this version of the song really kind of like punctuates and hits each of those notes hard by dropping out the, the sound in between them and um, and kind of punching them up with percussive sounds. And all kind of throughout the song, it does a very intelligent job of interweaving the new music with the old vocals and uh, really kind of playing up the song's strengths in, uh, in, in very fun ways. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about how different styles kind of come together in, in many of these tracks. And, and here you get such a uh, such a jazzy feel from the original vocals. Mm, yep. And then you're marrying that to literally just like sound chip beeps and bloops and uh, i think that's the second time that i've referenced beeps and bloops from something in here but it it really it really does make sense you know that that they would take that kind of um that kind of uh weird combination and and make it sound so good yeah and then these kind of game boy like songs mm-hmm. go into full on jazz solos which is a lot of fun um it's it's really a high energy track uh, mm-hmm. For something that is essentially smooth jazz. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's listen to Gin and Tonic and Red Red Roses, YMCK 8-bit mix from Katamari Forever.
Alright, we're swinging back with another remix uh, from uh, Katamari Forever here. Leah, do you want to take us into Everlasting Love, the Adam trademark remix? Yeah, so I... Um... The the original uh, track Everlasting Love was actually from um, We Love Katamari, and uh, this remix uh, I, I actually enjoy because it kind of has a better beat to it. I think uh, it, it's kind of picked up, and um, the the first one was uh, not exactly a sweet track, but uh, it was mostly vocals, and it's very poppy as well. Yeah, and it's and very kind of radio friendly. This doesn't lose that, but it also, um, as I said, it does it does go a little bit more heavy on the percussion end, and um, and and to me that makes it uh, a little more interesting, a little more uh, mm. uh, easy to kind of bop along with, and um, I, I I enjoy that for for this particular remix. Um, so I, I I don't I'm not familiar with the the Adam TM. Um, yeah, that's Adam TM. Is is that just the? Do you know if that's just the name of the composer's projects or? Uh, that's the uh, the kind of DJ handle of Uwe Schmidt ah, who, okay. who composed this remix here. All right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just some of the some of the um, composers and performers that they get to remix these, I've never actually heard of them before these. Mm-hmm. But it seems that in certain circles, uh, th- this is probably a pretty big deal, um, which is is kind of fascinating. I, I I think that that's kind of goes along with what uh, you were saying earlier about um, bringing in. Not exactly B-list celebrities, but um, people who would be familiar to some, but maybe not just just so familiar that their name would be what you're paying attention to and not the actual track itself. Right. Yeah. This is Everlasting Love, the Adam remix by Uwe Schmidt for Katamari Forever.
And uh, we are moving on to the PlayStation Vita entry called Touch My Katamari. And Leah, I'm going to leave you to describe a very difficult to describe track. Oh boy. Okay. So uh, Katamari on the Funk. Uh, there have been a number of tracks uh, throughout the series, uh, Katamari on the fill in the blank here. Uh, and many of them are in some way a... Um, a takeoff on the very original theme. Uh, and this one is to an extent as well. And um, this particular edit of it is, is interesting because it not only pulls in a, a very, uh, a funk style as the name in fact suggests, it also blends that with a kind of electronica remix style. Um, so you're not only taking the original sort of J-pop theme and putting that into funk, you're also bringing it into electronic, and it somehow all fits together. And, and I, I have no idea how they did that. Uh, but it's it's really interesting. It's really high energy. It's really fun. Uh, and you would never expect something like this. Um, I, I enjoy this track a, a great deal. I love the kind of squealing licks you get from the uh, high-pitched saxophone that mm-hmm. um, plays every once in a while. And uh, it's all very... Again, high energy and a really eclectic mix of, of, of different types of, of genres coming together. This is called Katamari on the Funk, the Takeshi Nakatsuka edit. And this is composed by Naotaka Higashiyama, by Yumiaki, and Takeshi Nakatsuka. <laughs>
Yeah, so Touch My Katamari was the second of the games that were made for uh, Sony's handheld systems. Uh, you mentioned already that you didn't care for the PlayStation Portable entry that much, but uh, this game tends to be not necessarily well-remembered in that I don't think people actually remember it very well, <laughs> uh, but I don't ever hear a lot of really bad things about it either. I know no. it uses some kind of interesting mechanics like uh, you can use the touchscreen to kind of drag or pinch your katamari mm -hmm. ball into different shapes to help you get through spaces or kind of give you a lopsided balance. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if it necessarily added enough to really stand out among the best in the series but uh you know adding new features isn't ever really something the katamari series was known for <laughs> yeah i i uh i remember liking touch my katamari well enough it it but it was not particularly remarkable i think it was a little bit short uh and also it didn't do a whole lot of of notable things um but again it wasn't it wasn't bad. I, I think that it maybe suffered from everything that the Vita suffers from, which is just, mm. you know, lack of distribution. Uh, so yeah. that that may have been one of the reasons why it didn't stick uh, as well as maybe some of the other games in the series have. Uh, but it, it still does have a, a definite value. And I liked it a lot better than the PSP version. A game that's worth playing if you have a Vita, I believe it can be found for relatively cheap, uh, but uh, maybe not one you want to hunt down too much. Uh, this next track is probably the best-known original song from that game. Mm -hmm. This is called Hello World by Hiroshi Okubo and Taku Inoue. This is from Touch My Katamari. And uh, this particular track is a uh, another kind of very uh, modern, electronica-sounding song. Um, the... The singer is singing kind of a very straightforward poppy type song, uh, male vocalist this time around, but it's cut in uh, really interesting electronic ways to give it just a little air of artificiality uh, without being too heavy handed in that regard. Um, and then the background music is very uh, kind of wub wubby as well. It's <laughs> very, uh, uh, very kind of bassy electronic stuff. Very 2011. Probably, <laughs> right. Probably not what I would have thought to pair with the vocals if I was just given those in isolation. But I think it does come together pretty well and creates a uh, a song that is both um, kind of imposing and wistful and fun. So this is Hello World from Touch My Katamari. <laughs> Hello. 
All right, in this next track, we have just a couple more that we have time for today. Um, but this next one's a short one, but it's a fun one. It's another remix of, of one that's been around since uh, We Love Katamari. Um, this one performed by uh, a, a brand new vocalist and remixed by a Jeremy Lim, who is actually a listener of the show. So oh, cool. <laughs> little little shout out if you're listening out there. Um, this is from Tap My Katamari. I met Jeremy, I believe, at one of the Seattle indie game maker meetups. Uh, he was down from Vancouver and um, yeah, just a really nice fellow and um, just really fun to... It's kind of weird to have somebody that I kind of know like contributing to the music of the Katamari Damacy <laughs> series. Like that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. I, um, this is, this is another one of the, um, kind of changes, uh, spinoffs of the, the original Katamari theme. Uh, and this one uh, again is, uh, kind of a, a swingy tune and this feels a little bit lighter to me than the original Katamari and the swing mm -hmm. does. And I think that's yep. in large part due to the vocals, um, which are, um, a lot lighter, uh, and, higher pitched uh, by, you know, obviously having a female vocalist this time around. Um, and I, I think that it um, you're kind of having a lighter version of the game by uh, by playing the mobile version, which, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of mechanics to it. It's I, I actually downloaded it this week. It's uh, it's it's a tapper. You tap a lot of you tap a lot of things on the screen. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's not a whole lot to it gameplay wise. Um, so I, I think that having a kind of a light, fun soundtrack to go along with it is is the right move. And uh, this fits pretty well with that. The vocals are performed by Caitlin Isaacson, who I believe has worked with Jeremy Lin before. They mm -hmm. must know each other. As you said, it's a very kind of light walk through a park on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. type yeah. song. Very jaunty. Um, and I always find that it's... And in either this version or the original version of Katamari on the Swing, it's impossible for me to not start singing along with the "Okay, Mister Sunshine." Yes. Na, 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 na. It's just so much fun. So yes, definitely. Um, again, I get pulled into that same trap here. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this is the the very kind of light, breezy, upbeat, and uh, very delightful remix of Katamari on the Swing, Jeremy Lim remix from Tap My Katamari from 2016.
Well, we have just one more track that we're going to play us out on. But before we do that, I would like to remind everyone to venture over to the forum at canermans.com slash forum, where you can request tracks for us to play on uh, most of the standard sound to play. This, is, of course, was a very uh, a special episode, as we like to do every 10 sounds of play. Uh, if you've missed the previous ones, you can go back to, I believe we started them in Sound of Play 50, but we've done specials all about the music of the Legend of Zelda series, the Donkey Kong Country series, the Persona series, and now Katamari Damacy. So those are each grand two-hour tours through the musical history of those series, and definitely worth checking out, um, and probably a, a pretty nice place to start for newcomers to the um, to the podcast to who haven't decided yet whether or not they're going to stick around. We hope you do. <laughs> uh, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter, at Rinse, and we also have a Patreon. You can search for us, uh, Rinse there as well. Rinse, of course, being the name of our main video game podcast, where we do kind of long-form video game criticism, where we uh, talk about games all throughout history, uh, generally just focus- focusing on one game at a time. Uh, we have not yet covered Katamari Damacy or any games in that series, but I'm sure we will circle around to it at some point because Katamari Damacy is kind of a tentpole video game in yeah. the history of the medium. So I'm sure at some point we will. This, uh, this show but... has really made me want to campaign for that for next year. <laughs> so. Uh... Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one. But anyways, I am Ryan Heyman, and I would just like to thank Leah Haydu for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. And we are going to roll us out with another very, um, very fun, very uh, high energy, very kind of childish track. This is not childish in a bad way, but you'll see what I mean. This is from the first Katamari Damacy again. You see, we've got you covered. We know you love that soundtrack and we do too. So we wanted to end off on something from that uh, from that game. And it's kind of iconic soundtrack at this point. Uh, this one is called Cherry Tree Times or known in Japan as Cherry Blossom Color Season, which I actually kind of like that better. Mm. And this is composed by Yu Miyaki. And it's a, a really fun track that is a, kind of sung by a child who is kind of singing a bit off key in the way that flies if you are a Japanese music composer. You know, this is the kind of thing that you hear coming up every once in a while. And uh, um, I, I think Leon Cox in particular has a proclivity towards playing these these types of tracks in uh, Sounds of Play. And so he's played songs from Nights in the Dreams and uh, Loco Roco. Yeah, this, this makes um, me think of Loco Roco a lot. <laughs> it's a very nice track. It's very triumphant. I think it more or less speaks for itself. Uh, not a lot that I feel we can really add to it. So let's go ahead and swing right on into that. This is Cherry Tree Times from Katamari Damasi. Thank you very much for joining us. And we hope you've had just as much fun listening as we've had putting this together. All right. Keep on rolling, everyone.
Yeah.